This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. How do you like that coffee? Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. That is the Old Smokes Coffee um, Blazing Apple. It's a light roast, and light roast is, uh, is the highest in caffeine. So you're going to finish that, and you're going to be buzzed for about two hours. <laughs> we'll be going to bed early. <laughs> no, I finished the podcast last time, and I tried to go to bed at like midnight, and I couldn't just because we pounded uh, you know, a liter of blazing apple at uh, 9 o'clock in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> it's good coffee, though. Smoked coffee. It's smoked over applewood. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to order any, check out oldsmokescoffee.com and uh, use promo code non-typical. But anyways, today we, uh, we've got quite the guy with us. He uh, has been in a few of our bear hunting episodes. He's helped us out big time in the bear baiting uh, area. We uh, have filmed some wolf trapping with him. Um, that episode is going to be out on YouTube this winter. Um, the bear episodes will be on the Sportsman channel next uh, June or July, I believe. And uh, yeah, he is... Uh, He's quite in tune with these wolves. So uh, that's what we got today. We got John the Trapper. Uh, you might have recognized him or might recognize that name from all of our posts that we've done um, and some of our videos and whatnot. So uh, yeah, we just want to chat trapping and wolf baiting, you know, even bear baiting and everything that comes with it. I know, Eric, you're getting pretty ramped up to do some uh, wolf hunting this, uh, this winter. Yeah, wolf baiting right away here as soon as it gets cold again. That's good. Yeah. It's warmed up now, though. It's zero out tonight. So It's zero? Yeah, it's warmed right up. Um, you've already trapped a few wolves this year, though, haven't you, John? Yeah, that's correct. Nice. And, uh, I didn't know the ones I got. They were they were eight. Like, the wolves are they're hungry, so. Oh, okay. And I usually check them every 10 days, but I've shortened that now to every five days because there's not much snow, so the game gets a little further from them. The ones that I snared, they were half eaten. They were stripped up. Oh wow! So they weren't really that great. Yeah. And, uh, and this is all on your property. So this isn't a registered trap line. This is your private property. So you're basically trapping these wolves for predator management. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The areas that I cleaned up in the past, there wasn't as many big game. That now these couple of years, the moose picked up, the elk picked up. There's way more deer, way more bear, and it's it's a bonus. Like if we don't control the predators, then they're going to get out of hand, and they just won't have anything left for us kind of thing. Yeah, it is absolutely unreal. If you have a pack of, you know, eight wolves, six wolves, ten wolves, they can do a lot of damage on calf moose, you know, cows. Um, they could even take down younger bulls, no problem. Um, and I've noticed too, this year hunting whitetails, I tried going a little farther back. The farther I went back, the more wolf tracks I seen and the less deer tracks I seen. All of the deer activity was closer to civilization, closer to roads. And as soon as I got farther back, there was less deer tracks and it was just wolf tracks. So it's, it's sort of like once a, once a pack moves into an area, it pretty much screws the ungulates right up. You know, like like they're either going to move out of the area or they're going to pretty much, you know, remove the the fawns and the, the cows and calves, you know, from that area because they need a lot of meat to eat, especially yeah. this time of year. Yeah, that's right. The colder it gets, the, the more they move around. When it's warm, it's not so much, but they're, they do have their needs. They not to entirely wipe them out, but just to manage their numbers. Yeah. Because if the numbers are too high, then they're going to over overdo it. Yeah. Then I found young moose or just the liver and stuff were taken out. And it was like the pups, they were showing the pups what to do. Then I went back and that's that's all they ever ate was just the, the liver, kidneys kind of thing. Wow. Well, we went, we went out with you um, last winter, but the winter before when Tommy was with us. And we went to... Um, some private property. I think they called you because they had issues with wolves. Yeah. They killed one of their colts, I think it was. Yeah. And we went and we found um, 
I think it was a cow. I don't think it was a colt, but we found the cow or it might've been the colt. And yeah, they had the stomach ripped right out. They had the ass chewed and and ripped right out. And that was it. They never really touched anything else. Um, But like you said, you need an equal balance of pretty much everything. You need wolves. um, So the deer numbers and everything else doesn't go crazy. Um, But something has to manage those predators because um, the ungulates are getting managed by the predators, but the predators don't have anything to manage them but us. That's our role. Um, Now the MD, are they still giving uh, a bounty for wolves in that area? Yeah, there's there's a bounty there, and there's a couple other farmlands that I go to and help the farmers out. And uh, the bounty is a little lower, but it's it's still there. It helps out, helps with the gas and stuff. Well, that's good. That tells us that they recognize that there's a wolf problem, yeah. and that's important. Um, I'm not too sure. Is there one around here? Yeah, this MD here doesn't have one, no. But the the three immediate ones, like our neighboring MDs, they all have them. Yeah. So, like, there's an obvious, obvious problem with wolves yeah. here. Like, even the even the counties and the MDs notice it, right? And it's obviously affecting the farmers. And, and yeah, and that's where they're going to have, that's where I've noticed most of the bounties are in those agricultural areas yeah, because exactly. they put such a, you know, <laughs> they remove a few few cattle. That's, uh, that's big coin right there. Yeah. A $1,500 meal. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. Um, so, yeah, guys, John's got a Facebook page. He uh, sort of tracks everything he does, shares a few photos, some videos. It's super interesting. Um, check it out. It's Northern Wolf Trapping Alberta, right, on Facebook? Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's got some absolute giant wolves. Um, super cool. And yeah, we filmed um, this past winter and last winter with you, um, sort of showing how to trap wolves, how to set your snares. Um, last, this past winter, we even got on to two wolves at the snares um, when we came up to them. And that was, that was super cool. So we're going to feature that on YouTube, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, it's quite the, quite the experience. It's, it's something else. So. So what, when did you start? What what got you into uh, trapping wolves? Did Probably you... uh, my uncles. They uh, they always did it, and they used to try to follow along, and they're pretty strict with the scent control and watching your step and such. And uh, I know I just picked it up from there, and a good friend of mine helped me out too at Eldon. Yeah, it gave me some good tips, and I just kind of grew from there, learned from my mistakes, and. When you get down to the wolf's eye level, you you see how they see the world, I guess. And it helps lots. Like if you're going to put your snares, even placing a bait, if it's too tight of an area, they, they won't go. If they're too shy, if it's too open of an area, they won't go. It's, they need some trees. But, uh, yeah. So, so there's a you, lot to learn. Yeah, well, yeah sure. <laughs> there's a lot to learn. So you've been doing it for a while because you got her down to a science pretty much. So, um, you know, there's probably some guys who've tried wolf trapping and even, even wolf hunting in the past. And so if you have three or even five major important rule of thumb, um, you know, things that you should do, um, what would you suggest? Yeah. Like scent wise, you know, even going into areas, leaving areas. Is there anything, um, any really important points or, you know, rules that you follow chasing yeah, these guys? If you find a spot where they're, they're sitting lots, uh, like a calling spot, that's usually a good area to have a bait within a mile because they always circle back where you find a, their little seats all over because that's where they hobble. Then it's letting the other wolves know that there's a pack in the area. So if you find that, there'll be a bunch of pee all over, like pee spots and poop. Then uh, I usually put my baits within a mile of that, as you've seen when we went out the winter before. Uh, rivers work good, because that's just a natural runway for moose, elk, deer. So the wolves will hit those. Uh, beaver dams are really good for snaring. You put your bait out, out on the ice, get, chop a little hole at the water swell. It saves a lot of bait and you would just set off on a uh, beaver runs or natural trails and uh, biggest thing is uh, get down to their level because if you're standing at six feet or five feet however tall you are 
you don't see what they're seeing, so when you put your sets, you're gonna you're gonna miss. But like we had showed you last winter, if you crouch down and you see all these natural openings where they're gonna go, because they don't like uh, too thick, but they don't like it too thin either. Then if you start trapping them, you'll notice when one's caught, the first thing they do is run right to a tree. Then they'll circle around, and so if you have a medium thickish area, I guess, but more cover the better. Well, they're smart animals, right? So they're not going to—they're uh, not going to just expose themselves completely out in an opening like a big field or even a big wide pipeline, right? They're usually—if you see them there, they're running across. Yeah, and, uh, and on the lake, like I went out towards uh, whitefish up there. We put bait on a, out in the middle of a lake, and we've seen them come within maybe a mile. Then they'll just stop and sit. So we pull the bait back closer to the tree line, we'll see one wolf circle out about half a mile, and the other ones would slowly come along the edge. So they, they do need cover. It, it helps. They're real shy, like you said, they're really smart. Uh, scent, scent's a big thing. Even uh, you know, how you step, if you just walk normal, a wolf will pick up on it. That That's not normal. That, that shouldn't be there. But if you kind of take wide steps like a moose would, then wolves usually more comfortable to come into a bait. Then uh, they usually have a exit and an entrance when they come. They'll enter from one side, they'll exit on the other, and it's the same trail they come. It's just their, their route that they do. And that's a good way to hang up a bunch. I've caught, I think it was eight, eight off one exiting set. Had a bait out on the beaver dam and I seen where they're coming in. Their tracks are to and from, so I just set my snares kind of like a bee, about six feet apart and hung them up pretty good. So was that eight at like one time? Eight in one day? Yep. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you got majority of the pack that run there. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. And so what are you guys using for bait? Roadkill is probably the best. Uh, moose hides work really good. I've rotted beaver, then buried it, but it uh, didn't work as good as I thought. Then uh, beaver fat, like, you know, when you trap beaver and you start fleshing it, if you save that, yeah, they, it's like candy for them. Uh, bear, they they really enjoy bear. Really, eh? Yeah. Well, you'll see that lots too, where you see uh, wolf scat all over the road and stuff, and it's filled with bear hair. Yeah, that's and right. a lot of time in the winter, right, they'll go into those dens yeah. and pull those cubs out. Yeah. 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 That's just, that's unreal, yeah. So, you know, um, similar to bears, you know, there's some things that they're a little finicky with and yeah. some things they like. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess if you can get onto some roadkill and get a, some permission from fish and wildlife, that's, that's pretty good bait. Yeah. They help you out. Like, uh, the road workers will help you out and you get a permit from fish and wildlife and you have to stay in their WMU, I think it's called. Yeah. And you could bait anywhere in that area when it did help. Like, they're willing to help you cause you're doing a job for them, I guess. Yeah, well, they know there's an issue. <laughs> yeah, obvious predator control. That's crazy. So you, uh, like, you've even been you've been hired to do predator control before, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, so what is it? Usually the the band or the MD and fish and wildlife. If there's an issue in sort of a an area that's out of there, they can't get to soon enough. They'll get a hold of you, or how does how how did you get that gig? How does that work? That just went from. Uh Word of mouth, I guess. I helped out one guy. He had wolves coming in and ripping down calves, and they were sitting trying to shoot them, and they weren't getting very lucky. They were seeing more coyotes than anything. So I had stopped by and seen the wolf tracks, and I kind of knew them. I said, you mind if I hang your puppies? And he said, oh, sure. So it kind of went from there. Then he told his friend, and his friend told his friend, and it kind of went all over all the way to bc <laughs> well it's not easy to do no. it is like I, i've talked to a lot of trappers who do a lot of trapping and uh you know they're pumped up if they can get two or three a year but if you have someone who has got it down to a science 
And, uh, you know, you're <laughs> without a doubt, probably the most <laughs> efficient wolf trapper I've, I've met. Um, you know, that is valuable, especially if you got problem wolves that are killing cattle or yeah. colts or dogs, or, you know, you never know how close they can get to children too. Yeah, that's right. And they're, they're smart. They, if you catch two, you've just educated the whole pack. So that's another point that you should actually bring up if, uh, you're baiting and snaring, the more snares, the better that you could hang, the better chance. Because if you don't catch the, the lead dog, the lead male, lead female, if you just catch a two-year-old pup, everyone's going to come up there and see why is this one not moving, and they're going to see your wires, smell it. If you have a leg hold, same thing, they, they, they watch. like They learn just as fast as you do. So if you slip up, then they're going to be one on you. But when they slip up, that's where... You kind of win, right? That's that's how we catch them. You got to take advantage of them slip up. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I think you mentioned to me before too, when you shoot a wolf, and there's a pack there, and they hear that gunshot, and if you kill one, the chances of them coming back to that area right away are quite slim. Hey. Yeah. If uh, like if we shoot one of the the youngers, because they have their own little dominance in a pack, then most people will shoot the first one they see. They think, well, that's the leader, but it's realistically, it's not. The leader's always in the back. Then if you shoot one, most likely they won't come back out. I've shot them before and sat there for an hour, and you can hear them howl a little bit, and they, they take off because they know you're there. But uh, I've shot them before where I let the whole little ones come out, and you'll notice there'll be one big one. And it'll be the tiny, 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 then a big one. It'll go tiny, tiny, then a big one. Then after that, they're kind of bigger. Like, you could tell right away. Then their tails, how they how they hold their tails, you could tell who's, who's in charge and who's not. So if you knock over one of the leaders or even one of the hunters, then they'll just circle. And it, it gets pretty fun, actually, that day. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of guys at the shop here where they pull up with three wolves in the back of their truck or even four wolves once or twice. And uh, yeah, they shoot that. They shoot the biggest one they see because they want the big one. And that a lot of times is alpha, not always, but it is a lot of times. And then, yeah, you know, the same story I've heard several times, you know, they're like, yeah, there's three or four. They just kept circling and they stayed there and I just took them one at a time. And, uh, and yeah, if you get lucky like that, that's pretty darn good. So what are, are, uh, are wolves worth anything these days or what are they getting for them? Yeah, it varies. Like the thickness, color is a big thing. Like a lot of people want straight black. They don't want no white on them. Uh, then they want pure white and the grays go for decent, but if you're lucky to get 150. Sometimes you could get five. Yeah. But it varies where you sell them. And some other people will buy them tan, but it that takes so long, as you know, to, mm-hmm. for them to, to sell. So basically, you're just doing a favor to, to the moose kind of thing. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, to everything, pretty much, like, you know, everything out there. Um, yeah, unreal. So are there, is, has there been an increase, have you noticed, of uh, the popularity of wolf hunting and wolf trapping? Um, or do you think it's it's sort of becoming a lost thing? Or do you think more people are getting into it? Or, or what do you think, like, what do you see in the future for wolf trapping and wolf hunting? That's, do you feel like you're the solo man doing it, I guess is what I'm saying? Or do you feel like there's a bunch of other guys that are into it and it's going to be around for a while? I think it's just like anything else. Popularity is there for a year or two years. People want to jump on it. They want to try it. They want to do it. And... They get bored of it when they think they're failing, then they quit. But the ones that keep going, there is still a couple of guys that I know that are still going through with it. And there's a lot of people I know that try it for a year and they can't. It gets, it gets frustrating and they're just not watching their sets. So I know I kind of depends on the wolves, I guess, what they do. As uh, numbers are down, actually, the areas that I've been working like they get sick, they get mange and stuff, and their numbers do drop. And there'll be winters where their numbers pick up, and some guys get more interested. So, so I don't know it's kind of hard to say, however, however it goes. So, how many wolves a year have you been taking down, on average? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check the chalkboard at home. 
and go ask the wife. <laughs> uh, quite quite a few. Like there's lots that I don't bring out because they're they've been eaten. Right. Because if it's a wolf, like we got the rogue wolves that they come in out of nowhere, and if I catch them, and the other pack gets there before I get, there's just a piece of a head. Uh, usually with 16, 18 wolves. Sometimes it's slow at first. November, December, it's pretty slow. Then it picks up January, February when they're starting to breed. But yeah, you see, managed usually about 16, sometimes a little more. Sometimes a little less, but most times a little more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all you got to do is follow his Facebook page and you'll see he'll have a good weekend and it'll be like big wolf, big wolf, big wolf, big wolf, <laughs> like four or five in a row. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Yeah, you've got some absolute giants. Even that one that with that day we went out when there those two were uh, were there. The one was a smaller female, I think, and then yeah. the other one was was quite a good sized male. Yeah, that was that, a big one. That was a big one. I, if that wasn't an alpha, I think that was one of the lead hunters. Is that that was a big that was a big dog. Yeah, and his tail was still good, and so he had to be up there in the leadership. That you'll notice on. Some of their tails are they're chewed off. Yes. Then uh, when they're trying to get too far ahead of themselves, the, the main dog will come and it'll snap their tail. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, Ruthless. Even on their ears, their their ear will be ripped off. They eh? could tell somebody got a licking kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, they're pretty strict, I guess. That's awesome. Have you spent much time with coyotes this year? Yeah, I've been... Playing with them, me and my son been going. He's kind of ahead of me. A little, little guy. <laughs> he's more patient, I guess. I don't know. And yeah, he's doing good. We sold a bunch of fur already. That he was pretty pumped with it and all excited. My daughter's on board. She's doing it. And a wife comes out and helps. And poor girl has to go to <laughs> the roadkill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, coyotes are doing really well from what I hear. The fur prices. Yeah. Guys are saying they're getting, you know, if they're stretched in a good size coyote, they're getting upwards of 200 bucks, yeah, 150 bucks. So if a guy gets 10, 20, 30, yeah, it, 40. It's a lot of fun <laughs> and it pays off. And the same thing, like you got to manage the coyotes too. And if they get sick, they, they overdo it with the deer and they'll even pick up your dogs. If you got little dogs, cats, it's just like everything else you need to help, help out. And, uh, you're going to be doing some wolf hunting too? Yep. Yeah, I've got, I'm doing all the wolf hunting I can this winter. I try to. Yeah, I'm just waiting for waiting for a little bit of snow yet. Huh? I'm not really interested in playing in the mud in December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of building a, building a box blind and yeah, sitting there? About, yeah, just making a permanent blind sort of deal and a little bit better hold, a little bit better heat once, you know, the minus 30 rolls around. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with wolf hunting. You got to be prepared for long sits. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, from as early as you can get out there till as late as you can get out there. Yeah. So, uh, and you got to be, you know, I've, I've learned that when you're hunting, man, if you aren't comfortable, it's just not yeah. enjoyable. Well, for wolf, if you're wolf hunting, especially in a blind over bait, you yeah. got to be ready to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, yes. But not, what, I, what I'm what i saying is when you're on day three of 12-hour fucking days in minus 40, <laughs> you're going to be happy you have that, that yeah. box well, blind. You got really to really want a fucking wolf. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand that. That's a given. You know, but like John said, those wolves, they'll come in right on the edge of your bait and they'll just sit there for hours. Yeah. Because they think something might be up. Yeah. Right? And all it takes is, you know, a sneeze or too loud of a fart. And yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden they're like, oh, I, there's somebody here. Yeah, it's we wild. Ain't, we ain't messing with this shit. But uh, helps. Actually, when we shot them before, we'd have a bait. And you get that uh, wolf lure. Oh, and yeah. you just put it on a, a cloth or a tampon, whatever. And you hang it kind of close where you sit. And it makes them nosy. Like, you'll see them perk right up as soon as the wind switches. And... They come, they come pretty close. Instead of giving your scent away so yeah. easily, uh, yeah, hmm. makes a good cover scent. Yeah, without a doubt. So you do post a lot of your stuff publicly, some of the wolf kills you got and stuff like that, and you've had issues with sort of backlash in the past, eh? Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of people that think it's not right to do that. And you know what? I think the whole thing with wolves is 
you know, the human in general has got such an obsession with dogs, right? Everyone's got a dog. And well, what are dogs? Dogs are are wolves, you know? Um, So, you know, rightful. I, you know, I see where people are coming from with that stuff, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a line (laughs) and a lot of people, you know, cross it. But there was uh, actually one fella from a Wallaby area. He had got a hold of me and kind of ragged me about all oh, oh, these walls. You shouldn't do this, do that. The following winter, the same guy got a hold of me and said, Can you come take out these walls? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're beautiful animals, right? And uh, yeah, you know, but if they're an issue, it doesn't well, matter what it is or what it looks like. If it's killing your cats or your dogs, or yeah. as soon as it starts affecting you, then it's a problem. <laughs> well, and wolves are just one thing that you really can't can't not control you have to control them yeah like they they'll kill i mean people's well-being their farms cattle yeah right like that take totally take somebody's bank down with them oh that's right yeah well it's even like grizzly bears now right the grizzly bears haven't been hunted for 12 or 13 years in alberta and um and we've ran into a few this spring and you see a black bear, it'll run away, but you see a grizzly bear, he does not care about you yeah, because you. nothing has been trying to kill that grizzly yeah. bear. Like he's yeah. got no predators, nothing. You know, like yeah. maybe when he was a cub, there might've been a big bear that might've messed around with him. But as soon as that bear hit maturity at two or three years old, he's got nothing to worry about. No predators. No one's going to shoot him. There's no bigger bears or wolves or nothing's going to take down a big grizzly bear. They got no predators at all. And it's a lot similar to, to wolves, right? Nothing is, uh, is preying on these, these, you know, apex predators. And that's pretty much our job. And and nothing smarter than the pack, right? Nothing's nothing out there is smarter than the pack. Yeah, no, the wolf, wolf is definitely the most, you know, in tune and keen animal I'd say out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely unreal. But, uh, so do you have any any interesting or crazy wild stories with wolves? You ever been uh, face-to-face with one or yeah, had one turn on you? Yeah, uh, my brother had came out with me and I'm partially deaf. And I was talking to him. I said, uh, I have a snare here and my snare cables are about six feet long and I have a tire wire that's about four feet long. So there was an active trail that was to and from that... I was looking, I said, there should be a snare there. Then I could kind of see like where it was cleared up. I said, oh, there was a wolf here somewhere. And so I got down, I'm looking at the flashlight and I'm turning like this and my brother's going, whoa, 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 whoa. And I turned and the, the wolf was just right at the edge of the wire. And oh, it is oh, wow. <laughs> <was> pretty creepy. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I wasn't too brave then. I just no. kind of did a little crawl oh. and roll and unreal yeah well you've been turned on by a few animals though eh? yeah. well you've got a you've got quite the spring bear hunting story oh that that <laughs> wasn't right I, I never carry a gun when i'm baiting and stuff and i went in i had the boat i had the gun on a quad and i drove in and there was one coming out there was a black bear when i, I walked in i know if that red one chased it and it came right at me circled me so i Shot from the hip, and I jumped up the tree, and he's just going back around. I'm trying to call everyone. I got all of Brody. <laughs> and it took off. So I like I was going to do anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> I called the wife. So you, wait, wait, wait. You called, slow this down a little bit. I haven't heard this. Uh, well, I got a text yet. message so, from him. It says, I'm in a tree, and there's a bear circling okay, down so below me. I was going to ask. My question was, <laughs> do you called him from the tree? <laughs> Actually, I think you might have phoned me. Yeah, I and you're breathing you. really heavy. <laughs> like, I'm in a tree. There's a bear down below me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, that wasn't right. And I called my wife and I was like, maybe there's a bear. And she's like, well, yeah, you're hunting bears. <laughs> like, no, it's under. He said, yeah, you're in a tree. Okay. <laughs> so I jumped back down and the bear circled back and it came. And I just kind of shot from the hip and it, it went off and... But there one laid, and that was maybe from me to you. <laughs> oh, God. That's crazy. And we've seen, so the next day, 
I went there and that's when I got my bear and his casing was still right at the entrance, right beside the tree stand. We're like, Hey, look at this casing. He's like, Oh yeah, that's the one I shot the bear with yesterday. And that was a big bear. We were just looking at your skull down below there at the shop here. And that skull was, I think 20 and a half inches right around there. That was a big bear, nice brown color face too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's a giant. That's a big bear. And I, I do this. I don't know, rookie mistake. I don't know if was just complacent or I don't know. Distrusted them a little too much or something. I don't know. But, uh, so you never you never carry a gun with you, you just happen to have one with you that day? Yeah, like Brody's been with me before. I I carry a pocket knife sometimes or Yeah, well honestly I don't Or if we're if we're going to retrieve a dead bear, he'll bring a hatchet. <laughs> yeah, I don't so. I don't carry a gun when I'm baiting either though. So yeah. No, I don't. It's just one more thing to carry, yeah. and it kind of gets in the way. Eh? And you don't really have time to use it if you are got your head in a barrel anyway. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I strap a little shotgun to the back of my back. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's just lucky you had it, though, like yeah, that day, that, especially right. stuck in a tree. <laughs> Honestly, that's a big bear. That bear could do a lot of damage, oh, man. that's a big one. And uh, I had a run-in with another wolf. I had my son with me. We went out, and... Yeah, same thing. We're checking at night. It's a big line, and we went. I had this flashlight look, and I said, "There's a snare here somewhere." And my my little guy's giggling, and he turned the quad. He's like, "Dad, there's eyes." I said, "What?" Did I looked, and the wolf wasn't very far from me where I was sitting, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't right. He was uh, snared up and just right at the end of the snare. Yeah, he was just snared up, like he was just freshly caught, and he had quite a bit of life in him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, it makes you a little nerve wracking, eh? Well, you, so you're checking the snares in the dark, though. Yeah, there's times where I go out at night. Like if I have to go to work, I'll, yeah. I always run my line to make sure that something's not going to be there. And if there is, I'll dispatch it so it's nothing suffering. I try to do everything as humane as I can. And most times, the snares, like within 30 seconds, it'll they're, they're dispatched, right? Because yeah. it's yeah. hanging on to them pretty good. But, uh, with the leg holes, not so much. It's it's a leg hold that doesn't harm them. You could put your arm in there, don't damage you or anything. It just holds you. And uh, I check those quite quite frequent. Usually once every two days is the law, I'm pretty sure. 72 hours, something like that, you, you have to check. But the snares, usually once every 10 days. But this past time, it's been every five days ago. Mm-hmm. I found quite a few wolves that were dead on the river where other wolves came in and kind of chewed them up. So, yeah, there's quite a bit. So do you think they're uh, they're eating on each other right now because of the, the weather and they're hungry, or do you think is it just something that happens this certain time of year? No, I think it's uh, another pack intruding. Oh, okay, so they're like, uh, they're on each other's territory right yeah. now. Yeah. Because if you hang around them enough you'll see where two packs do have some spots where their boundaries kind of overlap overlap yeah. and if they're kind of in the same area you'll find pieces of a head or sometimes of what the stuff they don't like then uh if a rogue male shows up or a rogue female they just rip it up right away so that'd be a hell of a place to have a bait or some snares but you yeah. got to be quick on them yeah, you, you can't be, be laying them leaving them lay there for very long yeah that's right well, right actually where we seen that dead cow or whatever it was, um, on that river, there was a dead black wolf there. Yeah, that's right. There was. And we videoed that whole thing. And then we also found a dead dog that the wolves had killed. Remember <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, that's there was right. a, there, it was like a little tail and you're like, Oh, what's this? And we kick at the snow and it's a dead dog. Like a dead farm dog. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And so all within this like 500 yard area there's a dead cow that they ripped the guts and the ass out and then on the river there was a wolf that was torn apart a black wolf yeah. and then on the bank where we were setting the snares was a dead dog <laughs> yeah that was that guy's husky he had lost yeah. it wow yeah, did, did you catch any of those sets or yeah yeah i did later on they it took him a little while to come back because i think it was so close to the home yeah but yeah they did come back and there was some picked up there some of the black ones and some graves are kind of rubbed out, but they haven't been back so much since. They've moved further on. That's what you'll notice too. If uh, you snare wolves, 
in one area the next year they won't go back but if you catch one like early in a season they'll go with within six feet of where that last wolf was killed wow like they always come look where where did he go what happened like you could see they're trying to learn why why was he there kind of thing yeah so yeah they're they're pretty smart yeah they don't forget yeah they don't forget that's crazy Right on. Yeah, you know, usually the wolves that we get at the shop, most of them are guys who've just been lucky and seen them. Yeah, There's yeah. not many guys that we get bring wolves in that have sat and targeted those wolves because they're so tough to get. And, you know, the, the trappers, not, they'll usually send them away because, you know, a good wolf you'll get a few hundred bucks for if you're yeah. lucky. But, uh, yeah, you've got some blue phase wolves in the past, eh? Yeah, that's right. they got a nice blue, and uh, that's pretty rare. So are those blue ones, they are rare. They're super rare, and they're, you know, um, very nice animals. Are those still seen as more valuable at the market, or are the more valuable ones sort of the the standard colored gray ones or black ones? The black and white are more of the they're higher end because the yeah. blue, it's, it's so hard to get. So yes. the market's kind of up and down with that. If you find somebody, like, privately after that's you get your hand, best bet. That's your best bet, yeah. But to sell them in the market, blue, it's, it's such an odd color that it's even red. The, the red wolves, it's the same thing. You'll get 50 bucks if that. Yeah, it's sort of how it is with Martins, too. Like the yeah. the fur market, they want the nice dark brown ones. Yeah. Where at the taxidermy shop here, the, the nicer ones that we find are the ones with the orange chest or blonde yeah. on them and whatnot. And those ones they actually get less for at the market. Yeah. We just did a fisher the other day here. And it had pretty much a full white chest, white from its neck to its arm, to its belly, to its legs. The whole the whole wow. thing was white. Um, and then if he would have sent that to market, he would have got next to nothing because yeah. they want an all dark one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, pretty cool, man. That's awesome. Um, are you getting excited for bear baiting? Or you you're just can't even think about it right now because you're so deep in these wolves? Yeah, I actually got some beavers bailing already for next spring. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I got a hook up at the end of bear season with a whole bunch of beavers that we were using there. Yeah. And that guy's keeping a bunch for me. So. Oh, that's good. That's that's honey for them. It's yeah. important, man. Like I've yeah. I've baited for several years and I haven't had great success. Like I got I got one good bear at my bait and watched a few, but nothing like your baits were this past yeah. year. Um, and I never used beaver. I just never thought it was a necessity. But now I see how yeah. important it is to have beaver there all the time because those bears love it. That's that's what they go right to beaver is the beaver. Beaver is like the golden ticket. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. so that, really that's going to be a staple from here on. you got to have it. Every predator animal out there, if you go over on a beaver house, you see their tracks there, wolf right from a mink to a wolf to yeah. a bear. It's, that's their main main dish is beaver. It's like their, their candy, I guess, eh? Yeah, that's awesome. Right on. Yeah, I can't wait for bear season. I am absolutely jacked right up. So you're paling beavers. What, you just let them ferment for all winter long? Yeah, they could. Uh, I'll chop them up and some I leave the guts. Depends if I'm going to use it for wolves. Mm. And uh, the ones for bear, I'll leave the guts. The more more blood and stuff in there, the better it ripes up. Kind yeah. of then once the, the lid pops off, then you... I'll give it a steer and I'll put the lid back on. Yeah, uh, it stains your clothes pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, this time of year though too, it is frozen, right? And it it will probably stay cool and frozen until March or middle of March, usually, you know. Um, and then you can pretty much start baiting. Like yeah. usually, we start baiting start of April, and there's still a little bit of snow on the ground. Yeah. So if you kept those in pails. You know, they're going to be a little stanky, but I don't think they're going to be too, too bad. But once you start getting into May yeah. and you then she gets warms up. Bad. Yeah. So you, you like a, like a real rotten stinky yeah. one. That's good. Yeah, that's neat. Like it's a calling card. And even though that an animal's froze, if you pick up a roadkill deer that's been laying there for three days and yeah. it's loaded, they stink. Like they, they rot from the inside out. and. Yeah. The heat doesn't get out of Okay, so I was, yeah, I uh, I always had the idea that you don't want it super rotten, but no, they, they, they like that real well, nasty stink. So I don't know. What I do is, uh, this is actually something I learned from Eldon, and uh, what I do is is have like a beaver in a pail, like John was saying, and that's like my scent attractant. And then my, my barrel is filled up with oats and dog food and popcorn mm. and, you know, fresher meat. But I'm not trying to feed them like rotten meat. 
That's just what brings them in. Yeah, yeah, because that scent is so strong yeah. that and it then travels. I have the fresh beaver hanging from the tree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So that pail, do you strap it up? Or pretty I high. Pour it everywhere, or I oh, I it, see. Or yeah, I throw yeah, it yeah. in the oats so the oats smell like it, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that's not like I tried it when I tried uh, two springs ago. I had a whole bunch of we did uh, a big perch fish in the winter time. Oh yeah. A whole bunch of perch scraps. Yeah. So I kept them all winter long for bear season. And I filled a whole drum full wow. of, of perch. <laughs> That's a lot of perch, perch scraps. Yeah, yeah. Just scraps. Yeah. And uh, I had two bears come by and none of them stayed. Well, you've mentioned fish to me before, John, haven't you? That yeah. the bears sometimes aren't too keen of it. Yeah, dude. I, I had the same problem where I put fish mm. guts and stuff and they come and they sniffle around yeah. and you'll see them move. Move yeah. to a fish out the way to get to whatever else is behind it. And uh, I use a lot of grease. Just like with wolves, same thing. Trails to and from. Yeah. With bear baiting, I'll put grease on their trail. Yeah. So whenever the bear goes through that sponge, he goes and he tracks and the other bears pick that scent up and then they just follow it in kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I use the same thing, uh, oats and dog food and beaver, fresh beaver. You're, you're right, the, the fresher the meat, the, the more they kind of hang around. And, uh, yeah. Just anything in sugar is good, too. Anything yeah. Sweet, yeah. Anything sweet, they just like, like that even, um, like meal, compressed juice or concentrated juice or whatever. Yeah. Just spray it all over the trees and everything. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The bark soaks it up. They'll sit there and chew on the tree for... Hmm. Same with your grease, though. Yeah. I've seen bears just lay down and chew on a poplar tree for yes. three hours because there's yeah. grease stuck in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went, I went bananas on grease at the start of the year. I think I filled up like five five-gallon pails. And my first run, I just dumped her all yeah. twenty-five gallons of grease all no, over the place. I always bring a bucket of grease every time I go into yeah. the bait. Yeah, fresh the grease up because it's just like John said. They just track it everywhere. Yeah, there's every bear in the area. And, yeah. You know, yeah, that's awesome. Like, yeah, I love bear season, man. Bear, you know, it's nice weather. You can hunt a little later because uh, it's light till 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, yeah, it's a ton of fun. There were a few moments, though, where those bears have ripped those beavers open. And we were sitting in the tree stand, and we could just smell the stank from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. That I enjoy it, too. Like it, I, I enjoy watching them. It's not just yeah. about taking one, but just watching how they do and what they do. And yeah, it's just learn from them kind of thing. Yeah, that's what's super cool about well, bear baiting is that you can sit there and watch these animals do their thing. This year, I baited with zero intention of shooting a bear out of bait. I just decided to run a couple baits that, just to do it. I, I, I like spot and stock bear hunting. I've done baited bear hunts, and I've ran these baits for five years now. But the last two years, I just don't have any interest in shooting one over the bait. And you know what? That frustrated me because you sent me photos of you sitting in the bait with like four bears beneath yeah. you and two <laughs> two big ones, like probably 19-inch skulls in these bears. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. I'm just going to wait. It doesn't really crank my gears. And I'm like, yeah. man, that's like a great bear. There's a lot of people that would give a I'm lot like for a bear like that. There standing there or standing there in the tree trying to get servers with my phone to send you pictures <laughs> while there's just bears walking around. Jesus. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, the first sit I had in your stand, John, I had those, I had one bear come in and then he heard something. So he ran off. And actually this is going to be in, I think the first bear episode on the sportsman channel in July. Um, but yeah, the one bear came in, he left and then two bears came in together and they were at that bait for three and a half hours until you came in. Yeah. And there was one, the smaller one was actually the dominant one. So at first they'd both come in and eat and then the one wanted the beaver and the uh, dominant one's like no this is my beaver so he chased him off he bedded down behind me he'd try and sneak in and then they'd chase each other off and then they'd go at it for a bit and then they'd bed down and sleep and it was non-stop action for like three and a half four hours and uh, it was incredible i've never experienced anything like that have bears in front of me for that long scrapping like that it was just super super cool that's awesome i'm glad you enjoyed your time up there yeah, you know what, and and they didn't look like huge, like they weren't huge, but they were decent bears for right. sure. Like when I looked at them, I thought right away, no, these aren't shooters. But after watching the video footage, I'm like, yeah, these are good sized bears. Like these might be bigger than the ones that I actually arrowed. Yeah. And then you showed me trail camera photos from 
that time when the bears were there where that camera was taking photos and yeah. those bears look big in yeah. those trail camera yeah, photos totally like big. no those aren't the ones that were there you're like yeah look at the time those are them like oh man <laughs> but you can't shoot them on the first day it's you know yeah, really you gotta sit it. and watch them for a little bit well yeah. yeah the best part about bear baiting is the interactions yeah you yeah. see like how many times do you go in to fill your bait and there's one there yeah right? or right. or you're there for 30 seconds and all of a sudden there's one there <laughs> yeah well it's crazy because so then we went the next time when i you had got your bear okay the next day i went you met us there my brother was with me we got up in the stand um we seen what we thought was a cub and it was actually a sow a small sow and she was circling and then my the bear i got came in and uh, he wouldn't let her come in she just kept circling around the bait that was cool we had a camera down at the bait filming from the ground level and you can see the sow just circling around <laughs> and uh, so we sat there for five ten minutes him and ha and then i realized that that was the bear i was gonna shoot last time we were out um but i missed the opportunity it ran off and whatever so then i arrowed the bear it ran away the sow was gone and uh, we sit there wait for john he's like yeah wait for me wait for me and, uh, and then a bear comes in and i'm like what is this the bear that i just arrowed like this doesn't make any sense same size and everything but it didn't have a white patch so it was a different bear and i told brain i said hey here's your chance if you want to take a bear he's like no no we already got one down and then you pull up and that bear was still standing yeah. at the bait and then he ran off we go and retrieve my bear on our way back there's two bears at the bait yeah. they're running all over the place <laughs> i think we told this story last time when Braden was yeah, here I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the time before that too <laughs> Well, awesome, man. I'm glad to have you on here. I just wanted to chat about, you know, your wolf trapping and and all the fun stuff that you do. And uh, I hope to get back out with you again this winter. Yeah, it'd be nice. Come out come out anytime. It's it's always nice to get out and about. And I enjoy showing what I do. And could it help somebody else? Like uh, people ain't going to learn if nobody shows them, right? And if they keep making mistakes and they ain't going to want to do it. So the way I see it is I'm still helping people, helping a trapping society by helping people learn. So if you could snare a wolf, you could pretty much snare anything. So yeah, just, I don't know, that's kind of the reason I do it. That's, yeah. a, that's a hell of a good reason to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're good at doing it. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I've had my, my errors. Like, I've had a lot of misses when I first tried and I wasn't paying attention. I was always in a hurry and wasn't watching my step. Wasn't watching my scent, and as you see with uh, Brody, I've always carried spruce boughs. That's the fastest way to cover your scent: is rub spruce boughs on your legs. I've took out guys that just did their hands, and I reminded them, I said, "Well, you still have your scent from your truck for your quad, your schedule, and you take care of that." And I said, "You'll have a better chance," and it it seems to work pretty well. And with uh, the snares, I I boil them and boil them about two three times. Get the oil sent off, then I'll add uh, whatever's in the area where I'm snaring. So if you're in a popular area and you boil with spruce, you don't catch nothing. Mm-hmm. They know yeah. there's a different smell. Yeah. So yeah, they're pretty pretty keen on it. That's like going home with some other some other lady's perfume. <laughs> 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 pretty much. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm gonna have to get out there for sure. It's a lot of fun. Well, I'll and be running baits, and I'll need a hand, maybe. Yeah, so might yeah. Have well, to, might have to find some time. Yeah, we should. It'd be nice. And uh, I have a big area up in Swan Hills, actually. There's a bunch of wolves up there. It's a uh, Goose Tower area. Oh yeah. I was signed on a line up there to help help a couple of trappers there, and around Whitefish area, I'm supposed to go. And uh, past Wabasca, what's that place called? Uh, uh, Chip Lakes, I think it's called. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, uh, one of the council members actually had got a hold of me to go help them with the wolves. So if you guys are on board, <laughs> come to yeah. I'm always down to go snare some wolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. And it'd be cool to sort of document, you know, it all yeah. and whatnot. So how long would you go up there for at a time? Because uh, you got to set the you got to set the snares. Yeah. So are you going to stay out there for a few days so you can check them? Or are you going to come back and then go back out there in three or four days or five days to check them? I'd most likely go drop a bait. Well, put the snares first, then drop a bait and go within 10 days. But... Uh, what that counselor was saying is they're in there every three days. 
like they're right inside the community and it's just a small community along the lake and some of the members were worried about their kids going to school and such so probably the sooner the better to take care of it the way I see it then uh same thing with the trappers down by whitefish area they they're trapping stuff but the wolves come in their lynx and stuff lynx season's coming up right away wolves chew them all up uh some martin I've I've noticed the wolf will come by and you'll rip it in half kind of thing. Then uh, Wabas Cutters, some boys up there are asking. So I'll probably be heading up there eventually this winter. You had a busy winter ahead of you. Yeah, I, I hope so. It, it, yeah. it would be nice. Yeah, you're going to have to start hiring out. Yeah. Well, that's just it, right? If you're efficient and if yeah. you know what you're doing, if you're confident with what you're doing, yeah. um, you know, you can you can cover your costs and make a little extra and have fun while you're doing it. Oh, yeah. yeah the, the, the farmers, they, they're pretty generous because well, you're saving them in, in the end. So then you get the bounty and it, it's... It, it, it's good it, it pays off keeps the wife kind of smiling yeah, yeah that's important sure. and like you said too though if you remove a few wolves from that pack even if you don't have the whole pack that pack will move out of yeah, that area that's right. um so you don't necessarily have to get the whole pack to um you know protect an area you can get one or two or three out yeah. and then uh you know that should do the job for for some time until another pack moves on yeah, in that's right but yeah you'll see that uh lots couple areas that i went the horses were getting pulled down, dogs were getting pulled down, and I took out six. Then they've counted 17 in some of those packs up to 20. Wow. And I took out four, sometimes two, then they don't come back. Like you could see where the tracks come to where the property was. About a mile back, they just go way, way around. Yeah. Like they kind of dog leg it because they know something happened to a family member there. So they, they know it's, it's a bad area kind of thing, it's dangerous. Just goes to show again how, how smart they are. Yeah, that's crazy. So, have you ever got a wolf aged? No, I haven't. Because I I sent the <clears throat> the premolar away from my bear that I got two years ago. They're supposed to get it back to me. They haven't yet. But um, you know, I've heard of guys aging bears, and they're some of them get old, like twenty years, twenty four yeah. years. Um, you know, a five and a half foot bear, six foot bear could be ten years old, eight years old, twelve years old. Um, and I'm curious. Um, now, you know, deer, you know, when they're old, they're like eight or yeah. seven. But when a bear is old, it's like 15, 20. So I'm yeah. curious what sort of the lifespan is on wolves. Do you have any idea? Uh, I couldn't really say, but some I've caught had no teeth. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I thought maybe they're kicked out from a moose and stuff. So I've kept the skull. Like I still have the skulls at wow. home. Wow. And there's no, like you don't see nothing where it's broke. Like it's just chewed off. Then... Mm -hmm. uh, some wolves I've caught, their teeth are rounded, like they're they're old, like yeah, their hides are real big. But I know I'm kind of curious too. And I think I think wolves' lifespans sort of expected around sixteen to twenty. Yeah. Really, I think so. Yeah, that's I, super I'm, cool. I'm fairly certain it's significantly longer than like your average house dog, yeah. which is twelve, fourteen, okay. right? So it's you know. 16 20 year old dog that's a smart fucking dog yeah that makes sense there's actually uh <laughs> yeah without like, a doubt <laughs> that dog sees some shit right yeah that's right yeah there's a i think there's a company in in the states just south of the border here that you can send the premolars to and they'll age it wow. and i'm always curious yeah. like even you know even the bear I got this year it's, it's a decent sized bear i'm always curious how old they are yeah you know, it, it sort of just gives you a bit of insight, not much, not much at all, but a bit of insight of what they've been through or, yeah. or how long they've been so have stomping ever, around. So have you ever got a wolf that's tagged in any way, like fish and wildlife or biologist tagged or yeah, anything like I've that? Had, I've yeah, I've caught some with collars. Oh, really? That, you have? That you have to report it within 24 hours or you're going to get a pinch in the butt. Do they, do they give you any information on the wolf at all? No, they have a tag and where it was, and they show you on a map how far, and some of them are like 50 miles. Like, that's what I was going to ask. So the one that you got, the, do you know where it was collared? Like, you don't have to say where, but I guess, do you know how, how far was it collared from where you got it? But, uh, the lady told me it was roughly 50 miles, if not a little more. She said uh, they had caught it on the opposite side of where I was, and that's quite a drive, even with the truck, and for him to be caught there. But yeah, they're, 
they do make their, their rounds. I didn't think it was actually that far. Yeah, that's a long way. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Wow, unreal. Well, I know even uh, <clears throat> we got a, a mule deer that was tagged in the ear and it was it had traveled i think 180 kilometers this wow, mule deer wow. yeah it was trapped in the i think it was trapped inside grand prairie like in the city and uh they relocated it somewhere and it made it like 150 180 kilometers <laughs> it actually a guy from slave lake got it oh, yeah it's pretty cool yeah you know <laughs> and mule deer will travel though like they're yeah, yeah. they're known to travel some distance um now bears weren't you a part of a hunt where they got a tag bear um i well when i i was guiding bears a few years back and we had an opportunity to shoot one that had a collar wow you could see that it had a collar and everything and really then, and uh it was actually like the last five minutes of the last day and the guy just opted not to shoot it he yeah. already got one bear down uh, actually earlier that day and so and it wasn't a very big bear or anything, but it was collared. And he was a little bit worried about it being collared. I said, no, it's totally legal. We just yeah. have to do whatever the collar says to do. And he just opted not to take it. So Wow. Well, we got a cougar in uh, this year that was collared. And um, it was collared when it was young and it grew into this collar. Oh. Yeah. And um, and so it had some rub marks and yeah. whatnot. So um, he's trying to get the collar from Fish and Wildlife so we can mount it with the collar on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, it's, you know, it's got it's missing some hair there. Yeah. Um, so we can either leave it as it is. Um, we can try and hide it or we can get the collar and you can mount it just like you got it. <laughs> so he's going to, he's going to try and see if he can get the collar. I don't know. I think it's sort of cool. You know, yeah. it's like getting a banded it's duck or something, yeah, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I can't say I've ever seen a, a tagged or collared anything really. I don't think. Um, well we have, I have, now that I think about it, we have killed a few bears in camp air camp that had ear tags okay but it just says uh on the ear tag it just says do not consume oh okay and that's all there was no number to call there was no anything all it it had it had like a serial number like e33 or whatever on it and then it said uh do not consume yeah and then interesting might have been a date on it too when it was tagged me obviously but uh yeah we yeah see i'm always curious where they've traveled, where they've been. Yeah, me too. Um, so it would be cool to know it would be, yeah. where that bear was tagged or where they dropped it off and and whatnot. But yeah, wolves will travel a long ways, oh, man. Fifty miles. <laughs> that's crazy. Speaking of cougars, uh you should try to get a cougar tag. I have a friend that's coming up and he has dogs that he's training. Oh really? For cougars, yeah, and he's coming wow. up this month. Wow. And um yeah, if you guys could get a tag, there is a lot back yeah. there. Yeah. There's some big toms in there, and I have pictures of them on trail cams, and they're pretty big kitties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't cougar season start December 1st? Yeah, it's yeah. it's on right now. I know last time we went out, when Tommy was with us, I picked up a cougar tag, and we called the hotline, and I think there was, like, one tom and one uh, female or whatever left. Yeah, yes, but, there's um, a, yeah, there's a quota. you got to phone in every every morning. Well, that's what we we got surrounded by cougars on the moose hunt there. Everywhere we went, really cougars, yeah. Wow, cougar tracks everywhere. Yeah, there's no tracks. And they should up the the numbers that they're taking out. Is I heard they are. Okay. I heard, yeah, I heard from Fish and Wildlife that this year they have upped the quotas in a lot of zones. Yeah. Um, because they noticed that the population is definitely increasing. Yeah. It's not it's not neutral. It is increasing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they are. From what I've heard. Um, but yeah, they're tough animals to hunt, man. Yeah, like, well, I actually, I actually saw one um, a couple of weeks back. Yes, you mentioned when I that. Was hunting, yeah, really. And I was actually hunting with my mom, and we were just driving. Um, we were just driving past actually a campground on the edge of a lake, and there was some, you know, some deer hunters camped there or whatever, and and we're just driving down the road at I don't know, like going fifty or whatever, and uh, here comes this big orange thing across the yeah. road and it's moving pretty quick and i just kind of seen it out of the corner of my eye and thinking it's a deer right away i slammed on the brakes and uh and then it just kind of struts across the road and here it stretches the whole length of the road wow. the that's a big cat <laughs> and man i'm like holy shit and then i'm looking at it, i get a solid like five seconds to watch it walk across the road right yeah 
And uh, you can just see all the tendons and muscles yeah. in, its, in its arms and everything. And it's just walking, not even looking at us, doesn't give a shit that we're there. My truck's just running, you know. Wow. And then it gets down into the ditch, and there's like some Christmas trees kind of on the up next uphill side of the ditch. And they're eight, ten feet tall. And so the, the cat disappears into the grass. And then we just see it go boing, up one over oh. the Christmas trees and back down and gone. Wow. Yeah, they're super muscular and they're yeah. short hair. They're so defined when they oh, walk. It, it's yeah. just unreal. And I got to see it long enough, not long enough to get a picture or anything, but long enough to know that like I've seen a few cats in here. Like we yeah. guys bring them in whole and yeah. stuff. I've never hunted them, but that was a big freaking wow. cat. <laughs> like it stretched. It's bigger than my dog and my dog's 140 pounds. Like, yeah. That's a big fucking cat. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, and that zone you can hunt cougars? You can, but there would have been no chance. And there was no way I was going in there with, even if I had a gun, yeah. with the intention to. Was, yeah, well, and you got to be careful too, right? Because you got to make sure there's a quota for that Tom yeah. or that. Well, that's just yeah. it. But yeah. like, I wouldn't even have had an opportunity to shoot him anyway, right? yeah. even if you were hunting them. Yeah, they're tough. I know, I think it's south of here. I don't think you can use dogs, um, but north you can or vice versa one or the other yeah i don't know which one um, either. but i know around here like one of the zones you can't one of the zones you can't yeah. i've never pursued them so i haven't really looked too much into it um so i guess the other method is baiting then yeah that's so that's pretty much it right you're baiting or uh yeah. or chasing them with dogs they they do come in a bait and you could tell when they're there like you could smell them it's like a, a cat peeing outside your house yeah like it, it stinks and uh the guy that we brought up two years ago, he was training his dogs, and we seen a lot of cats. It didn't take the dogs long at all. We would treat it. They would take a picture of it, and they would send it to a, the hell do you call us? Not a game word. In a biologist. Biologist. And we are trying to match the face where it came from, and some were from Grand Prairie. And I wow. don't know if they were dropped off there or if they just made their way through the hill. I'm not too sure. Yeah, we've seen quite a few. But yeah, you should come out. Yeah, well, you've told me stories where you've been checking the line. And yeah. you're, yeah, I think you said you were with a buddy and he said, turn around. And his face was just white. And you turn around, there's a cat in the tree <laughs> on top. <laughs> there's a lot of cats out there. Wow. And, uh, my son, same thing, my little guy. We're checking wolf snares and Martin traps. And he's sitting there and he starts going, <laughs> he's like, what's all good? He said, squirrels? And I'm looking around, and he says, no, Dad, there's a kitty. And I said, a kitty? And I go, oh, shit, and I go grab my kid, and I'm looking, and there's a, a cougar under the spruce tree looking at my kid. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, he went and told his mom, and I got grounded. I couldn't take him anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, Holy there's, shit. There's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah. Well, I we had a hunter drop one off here, and uh, and he went. He was going to put bait out, and he got out of his truck. He just felt something wasn't right, and he looked up just fifty yards. He parked beside a ridge, looked up, and there's a cat there. So he's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna get back in the truck. This cat's gonna go." Turned around, got in the truck, gave it five ten minutes. The cat was gone. He got out, started hiking in with his pails. Turns around, and the cat's walking behind him. <laughs> <laughs> so he turned around and blasted it and uh and well he got his cougar a little easier than he was expecting but uh you know that could have went south real quick oh, if he didn't yeah. see it oh, wow. well i remember hearing a story i think here at the shop a couple of years ago where a guy or uh, uh, or a uh, yeah, a guy and his daughter went to get groceries or something. Oh yeah, and no, that was a that was a rancher yeah, um, outside were, of town. They were carrying groceries across their little rock garden bridge thing, and the the daughter went across the bridge and they turned around at the house and looked back and there was a cat standing oh. on the bridge. Yeah, they had seen that cat around the house I think two or three times before that, and uh, exactly like you said, he was just <laughs> hanging out under the little <laughs> fucking bridge and they walked over it and it. And so he shot it. It was wow. a big cat. That dude. was a real big one. That, the, that was the guy that brought it in whole, I think. In a, yeah, in a van, I think. Yeah, and we, it took three of us <laughs> to lift this thing yeah. out. Well, boys, uh, that's the boss texting. Okay, story. man. It was know. a pleasure having you. And uh, yeah, everyone go check out his Facebook page. Um, be sure to check out the episode we're going to release on. I'm pretty sure we're going to release the trapping episode on YouTube. Um, 
it may be released on Sportsman, but we're still got to clear some things with that. But we do have a couple bear episodes with him that will be released on the Sportsman channel. We appreciate everything you've done for us. Okay. The bear baiting, the wolf trapping the last couple of years. Uh, you've done a lot and we appreciate it big time. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and this too, man. It's a ton of fun. I hope we, uh, you know, shed some knowledge and shared some stuff with uh, with people sort of interested in doing some wolf trapping or wolf hunting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely do this again. Don't yeah. get grounded. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm grounded or she's texting like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right on, guys. So today's podcast is brought to you by Antler Obsession, the only big game attractant and supplement designed specifically for elk, moose, and deer living in a northern climate. Your elk and moose love it, eh? Yes, they do. They do, right on. That's good. Uh, go to nontypical.org. Use promo code PODCAST for 10% off everything, including Antler Obsession, Supplement, and Attractant. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it so much, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube, whatever it is. Um, be sure to share it with your friends. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's super important. Um, like I said last time, we're going to try and do one of these every seven to ten days. Um, so if you subscribe, then you won't uh, you won't miss anything, and uh, you'll be in on all of the action. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're having fun. You know, this is uh, this is our third or fourth one now here, and uh, and we're enjoying it. So we hope you guys are too. But we will see you guys in a week. Thank you so much.